Um, what's up? My name is Casey. I'm 23 as well. Um, I work in healthcare at pretty much a shitty dead-end job, so here we are doing a fun podcast. Um, a little bit about me is I'm obsessed with jewelry. Anything that sparkles, turquoise, coral, attracts me. So that's a little background about me. I'm Beret. I'm 23. I'm an apprentice at a tattoo shop, and I'll be tattooing this year. Um, a little bit about me. I'm an artist, and uh, I love watching movies, and I always lo- like to look for the deeper meaning in things. And that's one reason why we wanted to do a film review podcast. And Casey and I have like different interests in movies and like different perspectives on them. And that's why I think that this would be interesting to hear about. Also, we have been friends since we were 12 years old and we always <laughs> are getting ourselves into like <laughs> trouble or just always funny situations. We have so many stories so I feel like we have a lot to relate to movies, and I think it would just be entertaining to share our experience. Just our outlook on everything, because like she said, we see everything completely different sometimes, or sometimes everything is the exact same. So it's funny when we have, like, we'll watch a movie, and we'll take away different parts, and Bray will say something that she noticed in the movie, and I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. So it's, like, cool to hear how two different mindsets can come together and explain that. Mm-hmm. And the first movie that we decided to review is Girl Interrupted uh, from 1999. And a little background on the movie is it's based on a true story, which I never read the memoir, but Casey is currently reading it. And it's pretty much about a young woman who is struggling with her mental health and she gets... um, put into a mental institution and her experience there and there's a lot of themes and different archetypes that are really interesting in the movie and it's a really popular movie I feel like a lot of people like it like this was my first time watching it but I know of so many people who have seen this movie I think it was more popular when it first came out and everyone because the amazing people that are in it like Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg yeah Whoopi Goldberg's in it Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg um, Winona Ryder Angelina Jolie there's small clips with Jared Leto in it I just feel like everyone like it was like a cult favorite at the time and then kind yeah. of disappeared because all those names aren't really around anymore yeah other than when Winona was in Stranger Things yeah but yeah <laughs> well okay I guess I'll just <laughs> bring out my notes <laughs> um, Ray's always taking notes on everything <laughs> yeah I'm definitely a note taker Honestly, like, okay, so my notes, like, I didn't really, I feel like in the beginning of the movie, I kind of didn't write down much, like, I was just writing down, like, what each character was and, like, their past, but I didn't really write anything down until we meet Lisa. That's when I started writing stuff down. So, when Lisa comes in, Lisa is played by Angelina Jolie, and she's, like, the crazy one, so... Pretty much, like, before... I wish I watched this movie more than once now. Like, I'm probably going to start doing that for the rest of the ones that we do. But pretty much in the beginning of the film, Winona is living with her parents. And they're having, like, a hoity-toity dinner party. And she's kind of, like, uh, forced... Like, she doesn't want to be forced into this life or, like, forced to act or be a certain way and you kind of find out that she has like a rough past with like promiscuous um like she had relations with 
one of her mother's was it one of her mother's friends it was find her out? um college professor oh that really yeah her college english professor okay and you could see in the movie in the first in the first scene that you're speaking of that like or was it her high school teacher because i think in the movie that they're trying high school high school okay. yeah okay um but the reason i feel like i feel like she's in the beginning is completely misunderstood and I feel like she's pushed to kind of like yeah she has a mental illness and you'll figure that out more through them as the movie goes on but I feel like also what brings it out is she's pushed into like okay so basically she's like a triangle and she's pushed into pushed into a circle like her Mm -hmm. family wants her to be a certain way and she's not that certain way so as like a young teen she thinks okay the only way out of this is I'm gonna take 50 aspirin and then her parents finally ship her away yeah because she um was attempting suicide. She drank a whole bottle of vodka and a whole bottle of aspirin. And uh, that's what pretty much was the straw that broke the camel's back that made her parents take her to the mental institution, right? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things that I noticed right away with this movie is the where the scenes cut, it's very chaotic. Like, it'll just be in the middle of a scene and then it'll cut to a different scene at a different time. And it kind of made me, like, put my mind into... The mind of the character of how she is dealing with reality where it's kind of like here then there then there then there and it puts into perspective her mental illness and so when she's on her way to the mental institution it's kind of like her sitting with herself and it there's a lot of like scenes that cut back and forth to her being in the cab and then what happens when she gets there like she she meets Whoopi Goldberg and she's giving her the tour and then um she gets to her roommate's room. That's Georgina, right? Yeah. Okay. And Georgina is, a, she says that she's a like, pathological liar. Because yeah. <laughs> she, like, asked what the other girl is there for. And then she's like, why are you here? And she's like, oh, a pathological liar. So it's like you have no idea of what she says is true or false. Um, but once they get to Georgina's room, that's when you meet Lisa. Because she's getting pulled in. Uh, she's pulling in in a cop car. And they're bringing her back in. And everybody's like, oh, here she is again. Like, she's back. And Winona's so confused. She's like, um, who is this woman and what did she do wrong? But I wanted to point back to, like, even her writing in the memoir is, like, the producers of the movie did that really good because how the book is, like, like, she'll be really strong on one topic and then she'll skip to the other one. So I feel like even the book gave you the illusion of the mind of a multiple personality disorder person. Borderline? Borderline? Borderline personality yeah. disorder. Yeah, and so once Lisa gets in there, she's kind of freaking out looking for somebody named Jamie, and you don't know anybody named Jamie, and then come to find out uh, one of the other inmates says that Jamie hung herself with a volleyball net after Lisa left last time. And so Lisa's freaking out, like she lost her friend. And I feel like that introduces like the darkness of the movie and of mental illness. Yeah. Because like, I feel like the movie also has like a fun play in the beginning, and then you're like, oh, this is going to be, like, a fun, interesting movie. Like, oh, there's been a thousand movies before about girls going to mental hospitals or the idea of mental hospital. But I feel like this actually shines light on mental illness because the person writing the story, it's, it's first account. These are all real people that she's writing about. Mm-hmm. So it brings a huge spotlight to that. Yeah. And she did write in the memoir that it is dramatized, but to a certain, like, level. Like, so all the characters are real. All their um, diagnoses are real, but I guess, it, like, any movie, they're, you're going to 
make it more crazy to get draw your attention but she did say a lot of it is real like how they reacted and that just blows me away mm-hmm. yeah and one scene that uh pretty much after you meet lisa that stuck out to me that i wrote down was the i don't know if you remember this but when lisa's smoking a cigarette and she blows the smoke right into that old lady's oh, face yes. and the old lady's unfazed and then um susanna tries it and the old lady's like assholes <laughs> And that scene was, like, it really stuck out to me because it kind of planted in my head, like, like, with the movie, like, it kind of made me unsure if Lisa was really like this or if Susanna was just kind of giving Lisa these things in her head. Because it kind of, that scene kind of made it seem like things that Lisa does, like, is it a hallucination of Susanna or is it real? Because... When Susanna did what Lisa did, it was not, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of, like, it was, it kind of made me think of, you know, in the movie Joker, Mm -hmm. how things in that movie, it's like, you don't know if it's real or not. It kind of gave me that same vibe. And it's funny, because I didn't take that away either. And like I said from the beginning, you take away different aspects than I do. Yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. I just thought, like, when I was sitting there trying to fit in. Yeah. True. I mean, it could be that or it could be my interpretation. I don't know. But yeah, that was something cool that I saw. When they're talking, then when they continuously are talking about how Susanna, uh, like when she's talking to the therapist and everything, she's like, everybody's like, yeah, you took a bottle of pills and a whole bottle of vodka. Like you were trying to kill yourself. And she keeps saying in the beginning, I wasn't trying to kill myself. I had a headache. I had a headache. And the whole, like in the beginning, you're like, you don't like you don't know if she was actually trying to kill herself or not but then there's a point in the movie when she's starting to get more comfortable with the girls in the asylum and she starts she feeling like that they're starting to become friends and that is the moment when she finally admits that she was try- she did try to kill herself like up until that point she denies it but once she feels comfortable there and is friends with them, she finally admits, like, yeah, I did try to kill myself. Um, and I think it's kind of because she r- realized that crazy people or, like, people who are mentally ill aren't all that bad. And now it's because she cares about them. Like, her viewpoint on them changed. Like, she didn't want to be... Titled crazy. Yeah, she didn't want to be, like, <clears throat> part of that group or whatever. But once she realizes that, like, all these people, like, aren't that... They're not really crazy they're just have you know their own problems and like that's when she finally admits like yeah I did try to kill myself I also feel like she admitted it then as well because I feel like like I said in the beginning she never really fit in anywhere so then when she find a kind of feel like she realized like oh I fit in with crazy people let me be crazy too I feel like it was kind of like a personality for her then true to be like I am just as crazy because as the movie goes on you see her acting out more Mm -hmm. and I know I was like Susanna Honey, that's not you. Yeah. I'm like, don't do that. Because she saw, she was hanging out with Lisa, and she was like, Lisa was, throughout the whole movie, a total bad influence on her. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, she could not say no to her. Yeah. Anything Lisa said, she was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then it took over her whole personality. But I feel like that's what, Le- that, that's the thing Lisa has with her. And that's why so many people do get obsessed with her. Because she just has this affectious personality, and they f- everyone kind of feels like they owe her something, because she's kind of keeping everyone in line like yeah you do this you do that almost like um 
psychotic motherly figure to the people in the hospital mm-hmm, true that's yeah. what i took away from yeah because she always she kind of had everybody in line like she knew what to say to each person yeah and even the nurses like she knew how to manipulate them and either like make like make that like i know with polly um there was one scene when she had a breakdown and either lisa would drive you more insane if she could or like she knew how to get you that insane and then also knew how to comfort you and bring you back to reality like because Polly, I love Polly throughout the whole movie because even in the memoir, she talks about how, like, Polly never was sad. True. And she said that um, when she lit herself on fire, she burned the sadness out of her. Oh, wow. So that's why she was, like, she felt this kind of at ease because she really thought that what she had inside of her, she killed. That was gone. So she was a new person. So when Polly did have her breakdowns, I feel like everyone was like, let's be there for her mm-hmm. and not keep pushing her. Yeah. So let's just... Because I know she like loved music and you see that in one of the first mm-hmm. scenes when um, she's getting the tour and you see Polly playing with the instrument and everything like that. But Yeah, and her like staring at the instruments through the gates. Mm-hmm. But I also love this movie because mental illness is all around us and we see it every day we hear about it but we don't really know it unless you've been in that situation and I don't know why or like I just always been drawn to the idea like to understand mental illness which is like I don't think I ever truly will because I've never been in that situation and I can't like I don't know if that's even ignorant of me to say like oh I'm drawn to it but I feel like this movie really shined the light on it because it's a bunch of people that are just, like, struggling in this world, and it's just, like, an eye-opener to see that, like, not everyone's doing okay, and even if they look okay, they're not doing the best. Mm -hmm. Like, like, if I saw Winona Ryder on the street from playing this thing, and I would have no idea that she was going through something, because she puts it together so well. Yeah. And it just shows that, like, there's so many people out there that need help and aren't getting the help, and then this rambling now, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that it's definitely relatable because I feel like a lot of people are curious about what it's like to be mentally unstable or have struggles with your mental health. and But even people who have mental health issues or um, are struggling with their mental health, like they're, they might be having one experience, but they're, I feel like a lot, just everybody in general is curious about other people's experience on this planet and how and it, to deal with life stuff. Yeah, and it's not like you can go up to someone and be like, so what was the mental hospital like for you? Yeah. Like, that's just, that's overstepping a boundary. So, like, I feel like this movie, like, helped me see into that. Yeah, definitely. And understand all different, like, but even in the movie, since it takes place in an older time, you see that the one girl is there because she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's just crazy that back then people were put into a mental hospital for anything. Yeah. Like, you name it, mm-hmm. you were there. Especially, like, older back on, this is a little off-topic, but, like, decades before us, if you were, like, shot in the war or anything like that, mental mental hospital, and you'd be stuck there. So, mm-hmm. it's just crazy to see that something, like, even as time goes on, like, little ailments like that, you'll still be sent there. Yeah. And also, I feel like this movie does... Uh, it bring it sheds light on like the the female experience of you know the sixties or seventies because like you said like the one girl was there for being a lesbian like you could just you could act a wrong way to your husband and he could just send you to a mental mm-hmm. institution like yeah or so. your parents like if you do something to your parents or like you need to be shipped away and yeah. then you will because mm-hmm. no one's gonna believe you yeah you can't like if a crazy person says they're not crazy you're not gonna believe them yeah. Quote unquote crazy because they might not be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and one thing that I really liked about this movie is when uh, I forget the exact part of the movie, but 
I think when Susanna was speaking with, it was the, um, the female therapist. Was that like the head of the, yeah, yeah. She was like the head warden or whatever. She was like the head of the asylum. Well, when they were speaking and Susanna brought up the word ambivalence and the, um, I think her name was Dr. Wick, right? Yeah, I was yeah. trying to think because she yeah. says Wick with the dick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, in my head I was like, Wick with, no, I was like, dick, what wrong with dick? <laughs> yeah, when Wick says, you don't even know what that word means, and she, Susanna's like, I don't, like, I forget exactly what she said, but she's like, I don't care what it means, it just sounds right, and then when Wick is like, it means that you're torn between two courses of action, and that kind of like, puts it into perspective, like, Susanna was she was dealing with her mental health, but also she was thinking, like, I'm not even crazy. Like, who is to say what crazy is? Yeah. Like, my experience is completely different than yours. Like, you're, like, in her mind, like, she's probably looking at her parents, like, you guys are doing everything that everybody else tells you to do. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, they're just marching in a line. Yeah. So she's not, she's, one thing I do, I wish they would have put more in the movie how intelligent Susanna is. Because, like, she, like, just from reading her book, she's so intelligent and like they kind of leave that out I kind of feel like they maybe it was to make her seem naive or whatever but she was like she, she's extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and like just her word choices and everything like she's just a bright person it first introduced like because Lisa told um I keep saying Winona uh Suzanne to not take her sleeping medicine she's like don't take your sleeping medicine like stay up stay with me it wasn't like she doesn't say it but it's implied what Lisa's telling her to do mm-hmm. and then they sneak down a bunch of the girls, they sneak down underneath and they read their diagnoses. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I think that just pisses Susanna off because she's like, oh, they're saying all these things about me, but they, like, the doctors are saying all these things about me, but they're not saying it. So then I feel like that's when she kind of falls into Lisa's trap. Yeah. And then Daisy gets out with her new apartment. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, Lisa, like, horses her, like, let's let's go. Like, we need to go, we need to go see if she's safe. And I think she just had enough of being there, so they just broke out and... yeah. That scene, like, killed me, being at their, her apartment. Oh, I know, that yeah, because was... when they get there, Lisa's just antagonizing, antagonizing, like, talking shit to Daisy, and just, like, keeps trying to get her to be upset, and Susanna will not stand up for Daisy or stand up for herself, and she's just like, shut up, but she won't do anything about it, she's just like, I think the most serious she got with her was just screaming, shut up, mm-hmm. and that was it. Well, another thing that pisses me off with the whole Daisy thing is, like, clearly she's unstable through the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no part of me that's like, oh, she can leave and live on her own. But since her father has money, they're like, okay, you can leave. So then I just feel like that's messed up on the whole hospital's part. Yeah. Because they should have been seeing that and been like, I don't care how much money you're giving me, your daughter is not safe. Yeah. So I feel like that whole end scene could have been, like, completely different if... The money wasn't involved from the dad. Yeah. Yeah, because once, like, it's the nighttime when the when Susanna and Lisa are about to, like, stay the night at Daisy's house, and, like, Lisa won't stop antagonizing her, and then finally she goes upstairs really upset, and then, and like, the next morning that they're supposed to make pancakes or something, but the next morning when Susanna leaves and, like, goes to take a walk or whatever she does, and then she comes back and realizes that Daisy never came out of her bedroom and finds her that she hung herself. As, as soon as Daisy went up the stairs, I knew it. I was like, she's going to commit suicide. Yeah. Even just, like, the sound, the sounding, of, like, in yeah. the background of the movie, the movie and everything like that. Yeah. And I feel like that scene is what made 
Susanna not be in, like, Lisa's clutch anymore. Uh-huh. She was like, you know what? Like, I seriously need help. Yeah. Like, these, like, because she, I think for a long part in the movie, she thinks it's all a game. Mm-hmm. She's like, let me piss off the nurses. Let me piss off everyone else. Like, um, and then she just, I think she, like, is infatuated with Lisa. Yeah. Everything about her. And in her memoir, I feel like her sexuality is iffy. Because she would talk about some of the nurses, and in the book, she would be like, oh, they're so sexy with their hair. So I feel like maybe she had, like, a love towards Lisa, or maybe Lisa brought her, brought out, brought her out of her shell of someone that she didn't even know who she was deep down, so she, like, wanted to stick with her because she was the only one that could do that for her. Yeah, and in the movie, there's the one scene when they left, when Lisa and Susanna left, and they're in that van, and Susanna kisses her. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's not talked about, but mm-hmm. in the book, it's more implied. Yeah. Um... But yeah, then I that was a whole turning point. Also, for, I feel there was a lot of turning points in the movie. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like, it's not it's just like straight to the end. It's yeah. like okay, I'm, I'm my mind is thinking that this is gonna happen. I'm like, I was not expecting that. Yeah, not complete plot twists, but definitely turns twists mm-hmm. and back and forth. Yeah, and honestly, when I was like back to the part when Daisy commits suicide, I honestly think that like the more I thought about it, the more I was like wondering to myself. Did Lisa know what she was doing? Like, did she know that she was going to kill herself? I feel like she did. I think so, too. Because she just kept pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. And she knew that Daisy's dad had money and that she had money there. Like, I think that she kind of had that planned. That she knew that she was going to go there, make Daisy commit suicide, steal the money, and leave. I think because Daisy also tried convincing everyone she wasn't crazy. Yeah. And that pissed Lisa off. She was like, I'm crazy, you're crazy, just admit it. And she wasn't admitting it. Lisa's like living in her own happy world when she's completely unstable. Mm-hmm. So I think Lisa was like, you're crazy, and watch. Yeah. I can show you that you're crazy. True. And then I feel like, in a way, Daisy realized, like, I am crazy, and I don't want to be crazy. So she just ended it all. Mm-hmm. And then you see that Lisa did take money, and she was like, come on, come on, Suzanne. And Lucina's like, no. Yeah. And I feel like that was a big leap for her to say no to her and stay there and do the right thing. Which, yeah. Because the whole movie, she kind of didn't do the right thing. Yeah. Especially in that scene. That scene was... And after Daisy commits suicide, it kind of shows you the therapist. Um, what's his name? Uh, Melvin? Yeah. Uh, when he's kind of like... in, Like, he comes to get Susanna and bring her back, and he's kind of in disbelief. Like, you can tell that he feels really, really guilty for letting Daisy go. And he feels like... He kind of... It seems like he kind of blames himself that she was able to live on her own and have access to things that she could harm herself with. 100%. And that's what I was saying before, like how if money wasn't in play, she'd still be in that mental hospital. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no reason she should have been out. Yeah. And Susanna blamed herself for not stopping Lisa from instigating her, but she just couldn't stand up to her until the most tragic thing could have happened. Yeah. happened. So she got a cat out of it. True. <laughs> <laughs> When did Susanna give Lisa a taste of her own medicine? I guess it was after Daisy killed herself? Yes, yeah, uh, Lisa was still gone for a while because obviously they couldn't find her. She ran away. Mm-hmm. And then she came back and she was like trying to do the same things with Susanna. Like, don't take your medicine. Don't do this. And Susanna was like, no. And she basically told her that she's a psychopath. A sociopath. Yeah. And like, she... Oh, yeah, because that was when they, were, they stole um, Susanna's diary. And yeah. they were reading the things that Susanna wrote about them. 
And I, one thing also, I wish they would have showed, like, the timeline better because Susanna was in there for years. But to me, when I watched the movie, I felt like... It seemed like, like a year. Yeah, it didn't that. seem that long, but she was in there for years. Yeah. So I wish I would have showed that better because they kind of, like, after the whole thing with Daisy, they kind of just showed, like, um, Susanna, like, trying to get better. Uh-huh. But they didn't show, like... Because, like, to me, it was like, oh, boom, a month later, she got better. No, it took, like, her whole, whole year to get better. Yeah. And a whole year to stand up to Lisa. Yeah. So I wish I would have showed that. Yeah. But yeah, she was taking her medicine again because she wanted to shoo- show that she was proven fit to go back into the world. Mm-hmm. And then they stole her medicine. They stole her so- diary. Stole her diary. And went down in the tunnels and were, like, reading it to each other. And, like, it was kind of just a huge betrayal to Susanna. And then Susanna goes down there. Like, she's just trying to do the best she can, try to get better. And she goes down there and, like, they kind of pull her back into, like, the chaotic, like, bad girl situation. And that's when Lisa kind of, like, when Susanna stands up to Lisa and Lisa starts having a breakdown and she has that, like, needle in her hand. Like, I don't know if she was going to inject herself and, like, kill herself. I don't know what what that was. I think she was, her plans were to inject Susanna. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Oh, but then after, you're talking about, like, after? Yeah, like, when she's, like, kneeling on the ground and she's, like, freaking out, like, crying. And I think the reason why she broke down so bad is because no one stood up to her before. Yeah. No one told her, like, everyone kind of just, like, let Lisa live in Lisa's world. Mm -hmm. And everyone was just a part of it. And they just would go along with it because they were afraid of her. So when she actually heard, like, because I think also Lisa did not like a lot of people. They were all, like, a part of her game. But I feel like she did also have a deep connection with Susanna as well. Yeah. So hearing that from a friend, quote unquote, it, like, killed her. Yeah, nobody has ever stood up to her like that. Yeah. So it brought light to her, like, holy shit. Yeah, it was like a wake-up call. Yeah. In the beginning, or I don't know if it was in the beginning, but there was one point when uh, Susanna said, like, the bones in her hand. Do you know what I'm talking about? She was like, the bones in my hand are broken, but they weren't. What was was that part? I forget. I think that was just, like, her using symbolism to how she felt. Like, I feel like she was just, like, everything is, like, messed up. Like, because she used that hand to control taking the pills okay. and doing everything that. So, I feel like she was, like, oh, my hand's broken. Like, that w- was that when she was being admitted? Yeah. Okay. Because I wrote that down because in that scene when they're in the tunnel, like, when Suzanne's about to stand up to Lisa, she, her hand gets shut in the door. And it's kind of like her bones in her hand are broken. Oh, true. Yeah. Maybe it was like a foreshadow. Yeah, I think so. Huh. See, I didn't pick up on that either. <laughs> um, and did you notice like the bookend of how like, well, obviously I think you noticed this, but in the beginning she had the same cab driver than at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was like a cool bookend I think, thing. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, like a beginning and then like everything coming to a full close. Yeah. When Susanna is, like, finally starting to get better, she, I think that she really, like, once she became friends with everybody in there and was, like, writing about them and after the whole thing with Lisa, her standing up to Lisa, I think she just saw herself and every single one of the girls that she was friends with, like, they were all, like, archetypes of herself, Mm -hmm. and I think that that was really good for her because it, like, when she was writing down things about them, it kind of fueled her writing. And so, like, you can tell at the end, like, she's so grateful. Like, she gave Polly the cat to Mm -hmm. keep, like, to make her happy. And, yeah, like, I think that everything that she experienced just really um, fueled her creative endeavors with, like, her wanting to be a writer. 
but yeah that's really cool that she wanted to be a writer this whole time and then she ends up writing a memoir on her life and yeah. then it go it goes into a book and a movie yeah she didn't even originally want it to become a movie she wanted to say writing she wanted everyone to read her words and account and then she let it become a movie and i think she she enjoyed it she mentioned i watched an interview and she mentioned how um it was funny because she said how lisa's character was dramatized but then the woman would kind of ask her how and she's like well she, it's dramatized, but it's not dramatized because that's so Lisa. So I guess it shows that, like, her saying, like, oh, it was dramatized. And then her, like, reflecting back on the accounts. And she's like, maybe it wasn't because, like, that was how crazy Lisa actually was. Mm-hmm. And it was funny what, like, transferred over to the movie. Because, like, some of it didn't and some of it did and weird parts did. Like, when they're getting ice cream. Yeah. And the one girl was like, peppermint stick. And Daisy's like, it's not, it's just peppermint. Like, that was in the book, and it was carried over, so it's, like, a tiny part that I wouldn't think that would be. Yeah. Or, like, the thing about the nuts, like, when the guy, when um, Lisa was, like, trying to seduce him, which Lisa wasn't actually at the um, the ice cream store. She didn't have permission to leave the grounds because she would run away so often. Mm. Um, but he did say, like, nuts, and then uh, Susanna Kaysen, the real Susanna Kaysen, wrote... Um, we all looked at each other like, where should we say it? But we would got in trouble by the nurses, so they didn't say it. So I thought that was pretty funny, like, yeah. just adding into, like, I would, like, to me, reading a book, I'd be like, oh, this doesn't need to be in the movie. But to her, I guess it stood out yeah. to show, like, how they were together. Yeah, and, like, how th- I like that scene because it kind of showed them all having fun together. Like, mm-hmm. they they were so excited to go out and do that. And then when uh, Susanna's teacher's wife was there that oh it kind God, of like yeah. ruined it but lisa like had her back and was like get the fuck away yeah. <laughs> i don't know what i would do in that situation yeah <laughs> <laughs> one thing i wish they did add to the movie is the treatments that they got um they just kind of showed them like getting their nightly pills and that's mm-hmm. it but when they acted out they would get um ice baths they would get um shocked yeah and that like really happened yeah lisa did mention that she got shocked for something that yeah she did in the and it was like a, kind of like a quick like yeah mm, and then like ran over it but mm-hmm. like i just feel like i would have personally liked to seen the whole thing like the whole idea of everything yeah like why they were afraid of certain nurses and why they weren't with others that would have been nice yeah i think that they probably didn't do that i don't know what this movie was rated but they probably didn't go that like detailed with it because it would probably have to be like rated r or something yeah yeah or even just talked about more like Mm -hmm. oh if you do this you'll get shocked yeah because like that just blows my mind that they used to do that i know like i'm like that is so inhumane i know it's crazy how that wasn't even that long ago i know that's why when like when the one girl was there for being a lesbian i'm like yeah that was like like a rock throw away of time i know yeah it's wild we still have a long way to go with, like, equal rights for everybody. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're not even... We're just one foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I loved Whoopi Goldberg's character in this movie, Val. Because I feel like she was, like, a rock for everybody there. Like, she had everybody's back, even though, like, she could be a bitch. But she was... She just knew, like... She, she really actually cared about all the girls, and she really cared about Susanna. And, like, you can tell, like, the one scene when she throws Susanna in the in the bathtub Mm -hmm. like and they got get into that fight and Susanna says some like really fucked up shit to her but then by the end like you know Val is so sad to see her go even though she like is proud of her for leaving yeah Yeah. 
But that also shows that, like, when Susanna was acting out, it wasn't truly her. She was just doing what everyone else was doing. And, um, Whoopi saw that. She Mm -hmm. was like, you know what? This isn't you. Yeah. Like, you're not, this is not how you react. True. But in her memoir, she talked about, um, how, what's her name again? Val. How safe, uh, how much of a safe place Val was for everybody. Yeah. Like, and that was true. Like, it wasn't just Whoopi's acting. Like, that's how it was for her. Like, they would talk about, um other nurses and doctors and they would all act out to them but like Valerie they couldn't do that because Valerie knew them on a deeper level and she said how like everyone goes kind of afraid to go near them she like quoted how like basically it was like they were going to catch the our mental illness so everyone was kind of standoffish like yeah. not around but Valerie wasn't like that she talked to them like they were a real person yeah. like listen you're acting like an idiot mm-hmm. get your shit together like she wasn't afraid to tell them how it is and I feel like they respected that yeah they she don't, was they like, don't want to be babied or coddled yeah they want to know how it is mm-hmm. yeah she was definitely like uh like a safe haven for them and like um, almost like a mother figure like yeah. she would take care of them and just wouldn't hold anything back Maybe that's why a lot of them connected to her, because they probably didn't have the mother figure. Yeah. These are some things that I wrote down, like, after I was, like, I watched the movie, and then I was, like, doing dishes and, like, making lunch, and I was, I had, like, a thought, and I was, like, I need to write this down, but I don't even know, I haven't read these, but <laughs> so this might be just, like, crazy. Right yeah. But I wrote down, it's easy to give up responsibility and let your, like, craziness consume you, but eventually that will either take hold of who you are or it will get tiresome and you will start hating yourself for it. Taking responsibility seems harder in the beginning, but in the long run, it's the easier path. It's easy to give up and let your craziness consume you because it's exactly that, giving up. Then you become other people's problem. Other people have to look after you. You become their problem and their that responsibility weighs on them. I wasn't. I didn't write this down about people who have like serious mental issues. Like I'm not trying to say that like, oh, just take responsibility for yourself. It's more of, like, just in your everyday life, like, just simple things. Like, you know, you could be in a bad mood and, like, let that rule the rest of your day. And, you know, that's what it is. You just had a bad day. Or you could, you know, give yourself, uh, like, time to deal with that and then kind of just pull up your bootstraps and just get get it going I don't really know I don't know how to describe this because I feel like what I wrote down is kind of insensitive but it, it wasn't meant to be I don't be. think it's like that I feel like what I when you were reading that what I took away from it is basically Susanna yeah if she didn't take a hold of her life in that moment she would have just been stuck in that and Claymore on and on and on yeah and she could have just let it consume her yeah but she took a hold of it and it just shows like man up or like I don't think it's insensitive yeah because like she sure she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and like yes she has that but you can have that type of um struggle with your mental health and still you know do the best you can and live a life that you know you can work and have like a successful life well I feel like there is a lot of people out there that are like oh I have depression so I don't have to do this today. I don't have to do this. But, like, I feel like depression is such a band-aid for everything. Like, if you're feeling sad, oh, I'm depressed. No, you're not. You're just feeling sad that day. Like, because then I feel like if you're saying that, it takes away from an, from people that actually struggle with depression every single day. Yeah. So I feel like that's also from today. Like, like if you're going to let that rule your whole life, it's going to rule your whole life. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to stand up for yourself, you're just going to be stuck in this endless... And you, or it's, like, also using... People using an excuse for everything. Like, yeah. oh, um... I can't do this because, um, 
I have anxiety. Or anxiety is another band-aid for everything. Everyone has anxiety. Everything's like, oh, yeah. I'm anxious. I can't do it. I'm like, I struggle with that all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything. I always put everything on the back burner because I'm like, oh, I'm anxious. Yeah. What kind of fucking excuse is that? Okay. <laughs> Everyone's fucking anxious. Get out there and fucking do it. Yeah. I think there definitely needs to be more talk of mental health in our society so that people understand the difference between somebody who is actually struggling with depression and is serious and somebody who is just having a bad day and it's like oh I'm depressed yeah I'm guilty of that as well like if I'm feeling sad I'm like I'm so depressed today can't do anything and I'm like that is so dramatic <laughs> like what you're yeah. fine get up yeah or like I also feel bad for the people that do have severe depression and they're not getting help so I feel like this movie can also shine some light on that too as well. Is like if you do get help, it could be good or bad. Yeah. If you take charge of it. Yeah, like instead of just um, giving into your depression and just letting it consume you, you know, you can reach out for help and taking that type of responsibility for yourself and seeking that out will totally, it's way more beneficial than just wallowing in your own sadness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Real shit. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit, yeah. Real talk. <laughs> Um, I don't know what else to say. I feel like I, we covered pretty much the whole movie. I mean, after Susanna gets out, what is the scene after that? I don't remember. I don't really think there's much on it. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of, she gets out and... Like, she says that she has a job waiting for her and that's, yeah. like, pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, the writer, did she do any more, like, it's she continue her career in writing? Yeah. That's she good. Other, she has more books. And it's funny because there's not much on Susanna Kaysen. Like, I tried to watch more interviews cause I, so I could get more, like, I didn't finish the book, but I wanted also more insight of her. I just wanted to see her speak about, the like, everything about it. And, like, I found one interview and it was two minutes long. So I kind of feel like she liked her privacy. Oh, yeah. Like, she's like, here's my, like, she just wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, she did not want this movie. Yeah. And then she came to terms with it and then she, she loved it, but... I don't think she really cared for it. Yeah, she didn't want, like, she wasn't doing it to become famous. She yeah. was just doing it to as a creative outlet. Oh, one thing that I did do this morning, I watched um, on YouTube. There was a YouTube video that had the d- deleted scenes of the movie. Oh. And it was so cool. I wish that they kept these scenes in there. Because there was a scene that would have been in the beginning, and it was Susanna and Polly, like, they were in the cafeteria, and she's asking Polly... She's asking Polly, um, what, like, what does this person have? What does that person have? And Polly's explaining it to everybody. And you know how Georgina, like, you, the pretty much the only explanation you get is Georgina saying that Polly burnt herself. And then she's like, but I'm a pathological liar, so you can believe it or not, yeah. pretty much. But, yeah, the, there's a deleted scene of Polly explaining each person's reason why they were in there. And there was this other scene that I thought was absolutely just like it w- almost was like it gave me like Kubrick vibes like it reminded me of The Shining because it was when um okay so when they were at Daisy's house and Susanna left in the morning and she like went on that walk well the deleted scene was her in the market and she went over she like okay so she saw I don't know okay she was like hallucinating she saw somebody, I think it was the high school teacher that she slept with. I could be wrong, though, but it was some man, and she, like, started freaking out when she saw him. So she, like, turned around and went over to the packaged, like, beef refrigerator, 
and she picked up the packaged beef and there was like blood on her hand and she was like ew and she like put it down and then it started filling up with blood and it like exploded all over her you have to see this the scene. reason she for- she went to the, the whole thing with the blood uh, blah, 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 blah. the whole thing with the meat counter is because in real life when she took all those pills she ran to the um, market and she passed out yeah she on the meat counter yeah they they showed that in this deleted scene like the things started filling up with blood and it sprayed all over her and she fell on the ground and was like gagging because it was so disgusting and then she like broke whatever she was holding in her hand and she looked up and the guy that scared her was standing there like are you okay are you okay and then she like blinks a couple times and it's actually just like a woman who works there and she's like you broke something, you made a mess, and, and Susan that's, is like... And that's what really happened in real life. Wow. I don't real. know why they took that out in the movie. That scene, you have to see it. It's so, like, it just blew my mind. It was so much like the scene in The Shining when the elevators open up and the blood just is, like, pouring. And that makes sense. They should have kept that. Because that's really what happened. Yeah. Maybe they wanted to take all, like, the authenticity around, like, away from it, but... Yeah. No, I made, her, I made her go vegetarian because she passed out really? on the meat counter. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if she stayed vegetarian, yeah. but that made her go vegetarian. There is another scene that was deleted when she was in the cab on the way to the um, the asylum. Uh, what, what is another word for that? I don't want to say asylum. I feel like that's, like, politically incorrect. Facility? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, when she was on her way to the facility in the cab, she... There was, like, a car accident on an overpass, and so there's kind of, like, traffic, and they were, like, going pretty slow, and she looked out the window over to her right, and there was Lisa under the overpass, like, oh, really? standing there, like, See, smoking a should, cigarette. They should have added that, too. I know. Because Lisa wasn't there when she got there. Yeah, exactly. So that would have made a lot of sense, like, oh, I've seen you before. Yeah. I wonder why they took these out. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I don't know if they had, like, a specific time that they had to keep it under or what, but... The longer, the better. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> I was going to say a joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was the like the first movie that I watched as an adult with Angelina Jolie in it. Really? Yeah, I don't know any other movies that I've seen with her in it. And it's well, it's funny with this because like I always forget it's Angelina Jolie because she plays so well at it as like a different person. I know. And, and like, she won hair. like all these awards for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, she did a really good job. I want to watch more movies with her in it. She's amazing. They're I want to watch Tomb Raider. I haven't seen that in so long. The one with her in it? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. That's the first one I've seen. I haven't seen that, the new one. I feel like if I watch Tomb Raider, I'm just going to get obsessed with her. Because <laughs> every time I watch a movie with like a female badass, I just get fucking obsessed. If it isn't obvious, Bray's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, another thing about me is I recently came out and... Now, me and Casey just keep putting together all of these things from my past that should have made me realize I was a lesbian way earlier. Like, my obsession with female lead characters and, like, female bands and stuff. <laughs> There's, like, a list that we have. It takes time, people. Sometimes it takes time. <laughs> yeah. What would you rate this movie? Like, on a scale of one to five? Um, I want to say a five. Yeah. But I also, like, have a weird obsession with like I said in the beginning with watching movies with on mental health Uh uh-huh because it makes you think yeah it's not just an easy movie to watch like some scenes hurt and Mm -hmm. it's like some scenes are real so like I just have a fascination with it yeah it like gives you the perspective through somebody who's dealing with that 
and it and I feel like it like gets all the points like you get you have the happy times you laugh at points like it's not all serious Mm -hmm. and then it's you feel like you get to know the characters, and I feel like a lot of movies don't make me do that. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's whoever. But I'm like, wow, I know Susanna Kaysen. Yeah, you have, like, a really deep connection to the character yeah. and the story. Yeah, I think I would rate it probably, like, a four and a half. It was really good. Uh, I really like that it shined light on the mental health issues that people struggle with. And also, like, the deal, like, just being a woman in that time, like, how you know people don't really take you seriously and you can just like get chipped off mm-hmm. and yeah i thought that was cool that, to shine a light on that <laughs> what, well, what movie should we do next should we do cloud atlas yeah okay we'll do cloud atlas next i, I love that one okay that one's really good cool that one's intense yeah that one that is plot twist twist and turns up down roller coaster the whole is time. tom hanks in that yes okay and that's what blows my mind yeah you'll see he plays like 30 different characters okay i'm excited to watch it i know that this will be a movie that i'm gonna watch like three times you'll be obsessed yeah i feel like this movie's more up your alley than this one was yeah it was just a fun idea we're like yo podcast and we're like yeah wait we should tell a story like of how weird it was because i've i'm an avid podcast listener i listen to so many different podcasts and I've just always, like, ever since I started listening to podcasts a couple years ago, I was like, you know, I, I want to start one one day. Like, that would be cool. Like, podcasting is, like, a cool new, like, media thing I would like to be a part of. But I never really could sit down and, like, figure out what I would do it on. And Casey and I hung out last week, and we were just having such a good time, like, laughing the whole time. And the other day, I texted her, and I just had, like, I was looking for a podcast to listen to that was, like, by women about movies, and I couldn't find one that I was, like, really interested in, so I was, like, I texted Casey, and I was, like, I have a really weird question, and you're, like, I have a weird answer, what's up, (laughs) and I was, like, did you want to, would you, have you ever thought about starting a podcast, and you were, like, shut the fuck up. I literally felt like you were in my fucking brain, that's why, (laughs) I was, like, I had goosebumps, I'm, like, I, like, looked around, I'm, like, um, yeah. It was so weird, because we never talked about it before this. No. And I don't, I've never, like, really listened to a podcast before, but we, like, made, like, a stupid, tic- like, stupid funny TikTok, and, like, we're, like, oh, we should do this more often, because, like, TikTok is, like, booming. Yeah. It's, like, going nuts. So, like, she's, like, let's make more TikToks, and I was, like, in my head, I was, like, let's make a fucking podcast, but I didn't say it out loud, and then, like, not even a week later, she texts me, like, let's make a podcast, and I was, like, holy shit. Yeah. And that's never been in my, my mind before. Yeah. Because like, I, I don't listen to them, so, like, mm-hmm. why would I make one? But then you said that, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it was so random. It I, like, was. the whole day I had goosebumps. I was like, I can't believe that she was thinking about that because we never talked about it before. Yeah. That and was it was wild. just, like, an idea in my head. Like, I was like, a podcast would be fun. Yeah. But, like, I've never thought about it like, because I don't listen. So, like, I don't even know, like, the basis of, like, a podcast or even how you start one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to keep doing this. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.